Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. On occasion, you have talked about that you have uh, gone to a variety of counselors and therapists and shamanic counselors. Have you ever been to one where you can just be open about your sex life, about your kink life, and have them respond by saying, oh, yeah, I'm all into that stuff, too, or just be all open about it and be comfortable about talking about it? Out of the few that I've had, I've only had one, and that was the shamanic counselor. And she's the one that pointed out my collar to me before I told her what it meant. And didn't so say, like, was, oh, my God, what is that no. symbol of uh, aggression? No, whatever. no, no, no. She had to talk to you. She wanted to make sure I wasn't being a doormat, so she brought you in and talked to you. But um, my last therapist, that didn't go so well. <laughs> So would you be interested in if, if somebody was a, said, I'm not only am I a, a therapist, but I'm also kink friendly. Oh, absolutely. And led with, no, no, I'm very kink friendly. Yes, absolutely. I would love to have that so I could let it all hang out. This week on Erotic Awakening. The leather couch, flirting on video, and cock helicopters. <laughs> Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporters like Peachy. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kingstarter cards as well as Audible experts, excerpts from our book, Living MS. Exactly. And we are actually going to do the next one on May 10th. At 4 o'clock, our Patreon supporters gets to join us on Zoom. That worked and out a lot better than you and me just reading the book, I thought. So what we did this last yeah. time around was uh, Don and I read a chapter of the book, but we read it for a live audience. And mm -hmm. at that point, as they're listening, they get to ask questions. and We got to interact about that aspect of uh, the power exchange relationship. We happen to do a chapter on power exchange and polyamory. Right. And That was and a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So you read the couple of chapters, the couple of paragraphs that were in there. And then, um, yeah, they had a lot of questions, and I got to explain how it works with you and Big D and, you know, where the power exchange is and, and all that stuff. It, it was really great, and people had their own stories, too. So and it's all, that was awesome. a, all welcome to the new world. Uh, of, the, Zoom of Zoom and WebEx and, yes. and all that um, stuff. <laughs> Wednesday night, you and I are doing a Zoom uh -huh. um, class. Mm -hmm. Called um Beyond the Slap and Tickle, mm -hmm. and it's for um, the Colorado Bears Den. So we can't fly to Colorado, right? right? So we're going to do it on Zoom, and that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, and that kind of actually led me to – oh, hi, podcast hi. listeners. <laughs> we actually have a topic coming up today. Today we are going to be talking with the uh, famed Stephanie from Bound Together Counseling, uh, they are publishing a new book called The Leather Couch Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients, which is what we were talking about mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show. <laughs> How cool would that be? But we'll get there in a second. Uh, but what I wanted to say was it's this with the, the, all the online stuff and the Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Recently, you and I have just finished doing, um, I don't know, 87 crappy, flirty questions. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and, we, you know, people have been saying, well, how about some actual flirting techniques? And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, Dawn and I have taught plenty of flirting classes. We'd be happy to talk about that. And that reminded me that actually those videos, those classes are on video over there on Kink Academy. 
Oh, that's right. So you could actually go over to uh, the Kink Academy and just search for Dan and Dawn, mm-hmm. and you'll find the classes there that you and I put together, as well as a bunch of other stuff, too. Oh, is that where the cock helicopters comes in? Yes. So they have Kink Academy. Now, uh, Kink Academy is a paid site. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fantastic learning from a distance opportunity, but they have a bunch of free videos as well. Um, if you want to see our stuff, you have to get a membership. But you can head over there. And I was looking at some of their free stuff. Uh, some of their free stuff includes prostate massage, myths about dominant women with uh, our friend from Chicago and St. Louis. Oh, Mr. Simone. Mr. Simone, yes. yes. Uh, but also something called cock helicopter. And then we had to start the podcast. So I don't know what a cock helicopter is yet, <laughs> damn it. I'm going to have to go look. So I could be like that uh, Christian Gray guy if I had my own helicopter. But uh, now I have I a cock helicopter. Like Christian Gray. Somebody would be like, okay. do you have your own helicopter? And I'll pull out my cock and say, look. I have I, a I cock guess. helicopter. So would it be a cock with a little propeller in the hole? And you just flip the profe- like propeller? Hats? I hope so. <laughs> Because I was thinking about what I do with your nipples, with the the really thin nipple clamps. Oh yeah, where you could you spin them spin around. Spin them and oh my gosh, yes. yeah, that wouldn't be pleasant in a cock at all. I don't know. Some people will like that. Anyway, head over to uh, Kink Academy <laughs> and check out the Dan and Dawn videos. Check out the cock helicopter. Check out all kinds of shit that they got out there. Um, so there you go. There you go. Enjoy that motorcycle ride today, did you? I did. I did. It's Ohio. It was supposed to rain all day, so and you had the day off, and we were like moping, and we wake up, and it's bright sunshine and blue skies, but only 60 degrees. Don't let the sunshine fool you. 60 degrees outside, on a motorcycle, going 70 miles an hour. That's fucking cold. (laughs) I don't know about fucking cold. I will go a bit chilly. Who stopped by a store to buy a jacket? I needed a jacket anyway. (laughs) I needed a jacket anyway. (laughs) The sun looked like it was going to be really warm, and I didn't want to overdress, and instead I I underdressed. I am um, absolutely happy I stopped and got that uh, jacket. Well worth $100. Was it really? No, it was only $50. (sighs) Holy cow. But I wanted to sell you on 100 bucks and go, oh, well, only 50 That's a good deal there. All right. Hey, we may be power exchange, but we also have our own allowance. Yes. How you spend your money, and you don't care how I spend my money. So. Yes. How I spend my money is two wheels sitting in our garage right now. Oh, that is true. A big old beast. That $50, 50 jacket is nothing. Compared to that. <laughs> uh, let's move on. That's uh uh, today on the podcast, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to be talking with Stephanie, who uh, just recently, or maybe not recently, completed a sex therapy certificate from the University of Michigan. And uh, they have a new book coming out called The Leather Couch, Clinical Practices with Kinky Clients. As it happens, we know Stephanie. We've seen Stephanie in a variety of events. Stephanie had to remind us of that, which is cool. <laughs> which is we, cool. We do meet a lot of people. Yes, uh, and they pointed out, you probably meet thousands of a few more people than we do, and that's true. But um, and it's really fun when we meet somebody at one event. They go by their kink na- nickname. And then we meet them in someplace else. They go by their uh, whatever. Uh, what do you call that? Christian name. And then we'll meet them at a gaming con, and they go by a gamer tag. Sometimes and, there's a magic name. Yeah. And, yeah. So <laughs> feel free if you've seen us, and if you see us out and about, feel free to remind us. Yeah, we've met before. Um, and then please don't take offense when we say, oh, great. Yes. So <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, bring Stephanie on. And Stephanie, let me ask this question right off the bat. Uh, and first off, let me say thanks for joining us on the podcast tonight. 
Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, when you say we've met before, is that like Uh-oh, innuendo? That can get to, Dan uh, in trouble. Have we played? We have not played. Okay. No. Good. Because if we if we played it, I forgot. That's that. <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. Uh, that would be the only time when my feelings were hurt, Dan. Okay. Fair enough. That and not. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not happened that I've forgotten people, but uh, I haven't. No. So, uh, Stephanie, thanks for being on the podcast tonight. Um, Thank you. So at the beginning of the show, I was teasing Dawn that she doesn't get to go to a kink positive or sex positive therapist. Um, Would you consider yourself a kink positive therapist? So I actually take it a level beyond that. One of the phrases that is used a lot in the mental health world is kink aware kink aware, kink aware. I am, uh, I'm aware of what kink is, maybe taken a workshop. I might've read a couple books, uh, a little bit beyond that. And I say that I am kink affirming. I like to not just know what's going on, but to really embrace it as a part of my client's identity and to weave that into their treatment plan and their goals. Nice. Cause that's, it gets a little frustrating to me when I interview a new therapist because the one that I had that was so affirming, she was a beautiful person and I worked with her for 10 years, but um, ended up leaving the practice because she had to raise her grandkids. And um, so I would interview new therapists to, to try to find one that would fit me. And I would go in with this list of things of who I am and ask them if they could work with me because I would have the same issues if I was a soccer mom and I didn't want to change of anything of who I was, you know, label wise. And I would have some that would flat out tell me no, that it was against their beliefs. I had um, a Jungian one tell me that if I wore my collar, which is my day collar, if I wore it into a session, then she could not work with me. And the last one I worked with said if I wasn't such a hedonist, I wouldn't be having these issues. So I would personally would love (laughs) to find someone that was kink affirming. I love those words, kink affirming. I love it when my clients do exactly what you did. I want people to come to me and lay it all out on the table and to say, this is who I am. This is what my relationship looks like. This is what I'm into. This is what gets me off. This is what I'm afraid of. And by the way, this is why I'm coming to see you today, which might have nothing to do with those other things that you just described. Um, and I think one of the things that I do for my clients is that I never rush to assume that the reason they are seeking therapy is somehow connected to their sexuality or their role model. Somebody can have anxiety and be super vanilla and have anxiety and be super, super kinky. Exactly. That doesn't mean that their anxiety is because they're kinky. Exactly. So, and one of the things that I like, and um, oh, I'll explain a little bit more in a little bit, but one of the things I like is not having to have secrets. How can you help me if I have to keep secrets about who I am? So, right. That's one of the reasons that uh, Dan and I went to recovery in the lifestyle for a while, which was a 12 step program because we could talk about our lifestyle. We didn't have to keep any secrets while we were talking about our recovery. So, yeah. And I think there are so many benefits to being able to be open with your clinician about that. Because your relationship dynamic, your power exchange, the rules and protocols and trust that you two place with each other are all strengths. 
so we can utilize and build on and celebrate while we address the mental health conditions that bring you therapy to begin with. So what do you, do you find that people who approach you and want to talk to you say, look, um, I don't really want to talk about the rest of my life. Why don't you just handle the kink parts and I'll get somebody else to worry about the rest of my life. And, and if yeah. so, is it possible to work that way? So actually I usually have the opposite. What I have is people that have been seeing other counselors that say, I will not like you described, Don, I will not discuss this part of your life. I want nothing to do with that. Keep that to yourself. And it makes it so much harder for them to do the work of, mental health and wellness. So they come to me to say, can we do this work even though I am who I am? Or can we do this work in a way that supports and affirms my sexual identity, my relationship structure? Um, because they are integrated and integral. And I'm not going to be happy and healthy and whole if I can't include this part of who I am in that process. It's actually very rare that I see people that come to me just for their their kinks or their sexual disorders sort of in isolation. Nice. Yeah, because it does make it hard, like even with the poly, it makes it hard for me to say, okay, I have this partner and to lump all my partners into this partner. You know, <laughs> it's different people. That was actually one of my favorite things that I did for my book was there is this uh, tool, genogram that a lot of therapists use to kind of get to know their clients. It's effectively a family tree, but it lays out sort of addiction patterns and mental health um, through the generation. Yep, so I know what that is. <laughs> I, I created a kink and polygenogram model nice. where the clinician can sit and say, okay, these are the different relationships. There are ways to indicate not only whether or not there is power exchange, but if so, what kind. And who has what role in the relationship. Um, so I really worked to create a space that is inclusive of a lot of relationship diversity. Because you're right. Even if somebody is super vanilla in every way, except for the fact that they're polyamorous, it can be really difficult to find um, aware of mental health care. Exactly. So what? Um, why write the book? love that question. Um, as Dan mentioned, I am a, a sex therapist. I'm also a clinical social worker. I actually did my master's in clinical work. And I specialized in cognitive behavioral therapy. Then I went to the University of Michigan for my postgraduate to do my sexual health training. And over the course of my education and my learning process, I've sat in a lot of classrooms with a lot of people who think that they are open-minded and progressive and inclusive and celebrating of diversity until they see something that's sexually quirky or a relationship model that falls outside of their wheelhouse. And I was actually at a specific workshop where we were watching videos about different couples exploring and embracing their sexual relationships. We saw videos of a couple in their 80s having sex. We saw videos of individuals with physical disabilities kind of learning to masturbate and self-stimulate and to have satisfying partner sex um, with their disability. And everybody the entire time was, you know, oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, that's so inspiring. Oh, that's so wonderful. Until we got to the piece around 
uh, fetishes and kink. And the entire tone in the room changed. And there were, you know, there was, there was some giggling. There was some whispers. There was some side eyes from one attendee to the other. And I looked around the room and I said, you know, that somebody needs to help this. And so I had already been doing a conference presentation called King Aware Practice, What Your Clients Wish You Knew But Are Afraid You'll Ask. And I sat down and I expanded that into what it's called. Two, we're going to see how the final copy editing goes, but they were from two to 250 page book. Because I really wanted the next group of people attending a similar workshop to have the same experience to this community that they did with the others. I wanted them to see the beauty. I wanted them to see the grace and the fun and the sexiness. And I feel like that was my experience in that setting. So this book is my offering to the mental health community to try and give them the information they need to see the positivity of the joy in kink. Nice. Well, I know I, for one, totally appreciate it because we can use more more kink-affirming therapists out there. We've we've got a few in Columbus that we're aware of, but when every, whenever someone asks me, Dawn, who would you recommend – I only know these couple of names, which means they are now overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> so, Very true. yeah, yeah. So it would be great to have that. What are the, are, when people approach you as a counselor and they're carrying, and I assume that a lot of times people are carrying, at least it's been our experience here, even at the Columbus space, that people are carrying these sexual aspects of themselves, whether it's kink or polyamorous or whatever, and they've been hiding it and holding it for years and years and years, and they finally let it out. I assume that people, their first, or I would guess, right, that their first reaction is that they're going to expect you to reject them for having an unusual or a different or a non-mainstream kink. How do you help them get past that fear and get to the point where... Because there's definitely fear. Yeah, where people are going to be like, look, I've, I've heard it all. You're not going to shock me. You're not going to surprise me. And, of course, my follow-up question has to be, have you ever been shocked or surprised? <laughs> um, so that process for me starts somebody walks into my office to um, have an intake and to discuss that we're going to be a good fit. I have a banner of pride flags on my windowsill it has you know the rainbow flag the trans flag the bi flag but i also have like the leather flag i have sort of things that if you are coming to me wondering if i'm going to know i want you to see without asking that i know if you are coming to me because you're embarrassed and shy and you're not sure if this is a space where you can say certain things or talk about things i have um what my clients lovingly refer to as my demo cock right out in front of my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So if you're afraid you're going to shock me, that's not going to happen. Um, if you think that what you are in, maybe I'm not familiar, maybe it's too rare. Um, I have the fetish back book sitting on my coffee table right in between me and my client. Not because I need it as a reference, but because I want them to know that I know. So, a whole bunch of this is happening in nonverbal ways. Then from there, I make it clear in our earliest conversations, the minute somebody emails me or calls me, that my goal is to help people who are struggling with feelings of guilt, feelings of shame, 
feelings of isolation, um, to recognize that sex can be fun, sex can be a positive force for good in their lives, and to help normalize their feelings, normalize their desires, and then to give them the tools that they need to say, you know, I am really kind of perfect exactly the way I am. And when I can sit in the wholeness of myself, I can start to do the mental health work that I haven't been able to do because I've been so caught up in whether or not I'm allowed to be me. Very cool. So that's, thank you. And to your question of have I ever been shot, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been shot in a session. Obviously, when you specialize in sex therapy, your social circle tends to go out of their way to send you the memes, send you the link. <laughs> they want to get a reaction. Sure. So, sure. so in, absolutely, I've seen things that have taken me anywhere from, huh, well, that's different, all the way through, you know, certain negative feelings within me. But in my office with my, I have a really practiced, uh, sort of social worker face, and even if they were to say something off-putting, they would never know it from me. Fair enough. Well, one more question for you, if you don't mind, and this is somewhat of a personal question, so f- feel free to say fuck off. But <laughs> how do you, after working all day, end the work and go and make that transition to go home, and maybe you go home and have a partner that wants to get busy, and not have, oh, geez, more sex. That's what I do. You know, I do this all day. Do I can we, like play a video game or something? That is such a great question. Um, honestly, sex is such a diverse spectrum of ideas and behaviors and acts that a lot of times the things that I spend my day talking about necessarily relevant in my personal life. I might be working with a couple who has you know, mismatched libido or mismatched desire around power exchange. I might be working with an individual client who struggles with um, perhaps worrying that he's attracted to children. I might be working with a woman that wants to have a baby and also identifies as asexual. So these are all things that are fascinating and engaging and fill my day and make my work so fulfilling. But none of those scenarios are applicable when I go home. So I am able to go home and say, you know, I heard something fascinating. I learned something new. But very rarely is there a significant overlap between my daily conversations at work and my relationship models at home. Very cool. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, and I've always, I've been aware that as Dawn and I continued to teach sexuality and teach kink, that it doesn't translate into it being, you'd be amazed at the number of part, at the number of events that we've gone to. And we, we spend an hour and a half teaching people how to spank or flog or something. And then we go back to the room and hide and sleep and watch a TV show, you know, so not letting it bleed over, letting it be two separate things. And then going back down if we go back down to play, we go down to play for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So I'm always curious how people do that. And um, well, very cool. Well, I, I, we wish you great success with your book. We hope you great success with your um, cat, with your practice. If people want to find out more about you and about your practice, how do would they do that? So my website is bounddogethercounseling.com. 
that's just like rope, B O U N C, togethercounseling.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. And hang out with us for a little bit as we uh, continue on through the show. Uh, Dawn, I did not write down. I, I see you have no tentacles or uh, on the list There's today. No tentacles or food on boobs, unless you didn't write something down. Well, just prior to the show, uh, Boy Bell sent me a glass tentacle dildo from Etsy. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't write it down because I my response to them was, "Yeah, she's got that one." <laughs> I probably do. You do have, have that one. I know that one. Glass as a one of fact. So yes. yeah. So but but this is not food on boobs. But if you go on Instagram, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know her exact name, but we know her as Shan Wow. Okay. Yep. She's been doing quarantitties. <laughs> so every day is a new view of her titties, her quarantitties. So she's trying to. Make us all smile. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> and she does have the boobs to be able to do that. So, yes. And I know I've told this story before, but it's a great story that um, at a Great Lakes Leather Alliance uh, event. That's right. Uh, someone said, hey, there's we, we got breakfast for you. Come over to this room. And I went to the room and there was that eggs. That is how we, yes. And bacon fruit and, and fruit. bacon and sandwiches all on mm. Shamwell's titties. Yes. So it's all about food on boobs. It's all about food on boobs. So uh, Stephanie is uh, this. You probably I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but has anybody ever come to you with a problem of having of enjoying food on boobs? For me, yeah. Or no, good. Is that, is that, that a problem? That's not something most people would identify as a problem. Exactly. I, yeah, I was gonna say, it's not a problem for me. As tentacle sex is not a problem for me. So I did want to mention tonight that um, right before we came here, we were talking about the whole Zoom meetings and WebEx mm-hmm. and all that type yep. of stuff. So we like have hardly anything on our schedule right now. We've got the Wednesday thing coming up, but Mondays are usually pretty busy for us because right. you know we do the podcast and things like that. But tonight, so six o'clock. We had a Zoom director's meeting for the space to to talk about how we can open up, when we can open up, things like that. Seven o'clock, we had a submissive roundtable, dominant roundtable with the other directors of the space and held that for an hour. And, and other members of, uh, yeah, oh, yeah the right, right, right. people and, that uh, attend the space and, mm-hmm. and anybody, actually. Yep, yep. There was, there was about 12 of us or so. And then at eight o'clock, we joined Discord. Because there's a Cleveland book club, Cleveland-based book club that's going over our book, Living a Mess. Right. So, and I like to sit in on that one because I, I that book's ten years old, so I can give extra info right. on stuff that we wrote about. So, and it's just kind of neat to hear them say, you know, on this page, Dawn says, and what do you think about that? And I wait for people to <laughs> comment, and then I'm like, uh, I have a comment. <laughs> so, but it's kind of cool. They're very gracious. So, beautiful people. And um, so we've just, we've done a lot tonight. We went on that, what, four-hour motorcycle Plus ride? four-hour motorcycle. Finished a game of Terraforming Mars. So we are board gamers. I don't, we didn't really need to bring that up. <laughs> Why? Because, hey, you were beating me by a lot. If I did not have that those, those three cards, you would have trounced me into the ground. So for the, uh, <laughs> you know what, and, and to step back for a moment, this is actually a, not a serious issue, but something worth talking about. Uh-oh. I was looking on one of the polyamory boards, and somebody said, ever since my partner has started to date this new person, they, they've they started to throw board games for our board game night so that he would throw the game so that the new partner would win. Or while they're playing D&D as a group, right, they would do things like, you know, the, how the party is supposed to do this thing. And they're the new 
new relationship energy party would go, those two would run off and do their own thing in the uh-huh. D&D game, right? You know, people will hear that and go, aha, that's funny. You know, who cares? It's just a game. But for you and I, board games are a big fucking deal. Yeah. The people we play board games with are people we are compatible to play, play board mm-hmm. games with, right? Because if you play board games with people that are more compatible, are overly competitive compared to how, com- and I'm saying not saying that competitive's wrong, but when you and I play with, say, for example, Kevin and Katie, mm-hmm. um, I know if we're playing Dominion, Katie is going to trounce me. <laughs> she's so good. I, I, she's fantastic. <laughs> that doesn't mean that we don't play though. Right. Right. It's not there to because she's still gracious even yeah. though she wins. So um, yeah. Terraforming Mars, they, it's normally one of the two of them that win, but I've, I've, you know, I win on occasion, but none of it's like, yeah, I remember that time I won three years ago, or, gee, I've lost nine games in a row, because we don't give a fuck. It's not what it's about. It's about that social interaction. Mm-hmm. If you, pl- so, the, the, the short version of this is, if you are, this, if you've got this polypod, and you've brought in this person who's upset that balance of how you socialize via board gaming, it's a big fucking, it can be a significant mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, that is true. So, and we've got a few of our poly partners that play with us. Like I've got one that plays online with us tomorrow night. Yep. Well, actually, I've got one. We've got one. Her husband joined. So so we've got, actually got a, 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 a few people that play. And they're they're really good at not upsetting Yeah. that. So Even though um, y- you just have to have that. That balance of, mm-hmm. you know, people that you're going to play with have to have that same, some level of compatibility. So coming back to this poly post, I actually, when I, re- I read that and I responded, and I said, man, I, this actually, I understand why you're posting this because it is a significant issue. Because how we express, you know, how we play can ex- is a reflection of how we love. In a Now, you know what, that sounded a lot more cool in my head. I'm going to edit that out. Never mind. No, you won't, but it is a thought. So I'm kind of curious about other people's thoughts on that. So, you know, would you be okay if someone brought in their poly partner to a board game and then someone was throwing, are they throwing the game yeah, to yeah. make the other person feel better? Right. So that just, so I wonder. So but it's that, kind of like cool. yeah. that bullshit I did in Monopoly when we did that thing at the space here. Oh, the fundraiser. I think it was the. F- no, it was the 80s party. Oh, the 80s party. Right. And we played Monopoly. And I still lost, even though I tried to throw the game. And the person I tried to throw the game to also lost. But that was more about me being a dick than anything else. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that. Um, so anyway, so we got off on a tangent. It happens sometimes. So, um, But uh, I think the point of that was I beat you at Terraforming Mars. Yes, that so, was the point of that. Yes. No, actually, you and I are pretty even on that because we're always about two to four points yeah. away. So insane. insane. All right. So Stephanie, we've got the- do, you, do you play the board game, Stephanie? A huge board game person. <laughs> Do you know Terraforming Mars? I have not played it, but I have seen it, and I am familiar. Okay, well, if you got four hours to spare, we'll play a game. <laughs> it is not a I'm short down. game. Anytime. All right, fantastic. It's awesome. So cool. So we have our limit list instead of our flirting questions this time around. So we've been moving forward with those, and I have picked out three limits that each of us are going to say whether we've done it or are interested in it, or it's just not our thing. So, Dan, I'm going to ask you first. Oh, shit. Number one, two, or three? Let's do two. Two? Ass cheek sex. I'm not following. 
I'm not following either. That's why I said I'm not exactly sure what it is. Ass cheek sex. I am assuming it has to do with ass cheeks instead of assholes. <laughs> so what I'm visualizing is... I'm going to leave it up to you how you visualize it to answer what I'm, it. What I'm, per- what I'm perceiving is I, I can picture fucking titties. Right. So this would be fucking ass cheeks. That's I what guess, I'm the thinking. Same sort of way. Stephanie, yeah. you're the experts. You're the, you've got a master's degree in this shit. Uh, <laughs> she's got a she's got a book too and a book on fetish you definitions. On. You what you are describing is exactly what it is. Excellent. Well, I feel a little smarter and pass. Nah, nah. Don't want to receive it. What about do it? Pass again. Okay. Aw. Yeah. You you want to give that a shot? <laughs> I would. I'm not. But I like anything but. Well, okay, most, any, most, most anything but. Okay, Stephanie. So Dan took number two. So you want number one or three? Oh, let's number three. Number three is being auctioned for a scene at an event. Oh, interesting. Have you done it? If you want to admit to it, would you like it? Or is that a limit? Hmm. I can see the appeal. Uh, I have some fun role play scenarios playing out there. I, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass, but I will leave it to your imagination. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I, I, I will say that I have participated in that before. And the first few times I did that and it's, it doesn't happen that much anymore. It used to yeah. happen a lot right. years ago. And, um, the first couple of times I was absolutely terrified who was going to buy me? Were they going to stick to the, you know, the negotiated limits, blah, blah, blah. And then later, you know, as time progressed, it was like, pick me, pick me, mm-hmm. <laughs> bid high. So. I am, uh, I've done the same. I put myself up for auction. The only difference is that I always find a ringer, hand them $20 and say, if nobody bids, buy my ass for $20. I don't want to stand up there as the... <laughs> Nobody bid guy. That's <laughs> that no fun. true. So I guess I get number one, and that's anal fisting. So remember <laughs> I said I like all things but? Yes. I'm not willing to try anal fisting. I don't think. Maybe, maybe if someone had really small hands, I might give it a uh, we've try. Not, we have certainly seen plenty of anal. We've I don't know seen, about plenty. We've certainly seen our, an, share, our yeah. share of anal fisting. Mm-hmm. And people totally dig it, totally mm-hmm. enjoy it, yep. crave it. Uh, you know, I've seen it done on men. I've seen it done on women. Uh, I've been uh, uh, pussy fisted, which mm-hmm. I totally enjoy. I just don't know about having my ass stretched that far. How much of that, though, is fear that it's going to cause some kind of permanent damage. Absolutely. That is yeah. all that it is, right. is fear that it'll cause permanent damage. So, and people do it and it doesn't. And, you know, but some people do when it does. So it's, it's, it's one of those risky things that I don't know. I'm not there. What about you, Dan? You interested in doing it? Doing it? <laughs> I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna do like Stephanie on that one. I'll pass. I'm gonna pass. That's private. I don't need to be talking about that. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue whether I've. It's never occurred to me. One, I would have to use my left hand because I have an injury on my right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, 
I don't know. I think it would be very situational. I would have to be totally, 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 totally turned on and and hot to consider it. Does that make sense? That's yes. probably the wrong way I, to answer. No, no, this, but, that's fine. Uh, I just, Stephanie, don't judge me for this question, Don. <laughs> what, if you were, what if you were dying of cancer? Not hey, butt cancer, okay. but um, some cancer has got nothing to do that you knew your body was going to be done in a, in a year. Okay, so it doesn't have to be cancer, but but whatever, whatever right. that's terminal. And it's and a very slow bus charging your way. Would I? Would that change your perspective? Yeah, it probably would. I mean, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Yeah, because it is definitely the fear. It's not that it doesn't turn me on. It's not that it, I, I find it repulsive or anything like right. that. It is totally the fear that it could cause lasting harm. I'll hit you, I'll hit you up on that question again when you turn 80. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so Instagram. Dan, you usually lead all this stuff. I don't know why I got in charge, but that's okay. <laughs> Instagram. If you've been following us on Instagram at Erotic Awakening, I've been posting some pictures, the same old aftercare blankets I'm making, uh, me beating Dan at a board game this time around. Uh, but I also just took a picture of Dan prepping for tonight's show. So if you're on Instagram, you get to see what our little podcast studio looks like. And and I'll mention that it has a lot of color in it. So it does have some color. It does. So head over to Instagram. Um like I said, it's at Erotic Awakening. Uh, new subscribers to the newsletter include Laura from Eastern Washington. Zaba Angel from New Mexico. And Ashley from Michigan. So get your EA shout out. Head over to the eroticawakening.com and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. Wow, we're just about wrapped this fucker up. We just about wrapped up. All right. So um, let take- me scratch through that. Scratch through that. A little show notes there. Did you know I want to go buy the domain called shownotes.com? Yeah, why? Because every time I go into my, uh, if I'm in Google Drive and I type in show notes, right, then the show notes for the show and what are we on episode 500 something comes mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But if I forget, if I go to just a, the Search browser, bar, yeah. it sometimes, it, I once typed in show notes and it brought up shownotes.com. So now my browser says, oh, you want to go shownotes.com again, huh? Oh, no. So it's always taking me there. Now I want to buy that domain to. Sure. Yeah, just to <laughs> mess yeah. with it. So yeah, Probably unnecessary filler there. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening and take a look at the options for discounted stuff, extra content, and more. And like I said, our next Zoom meeting is May 10th at 4 o'clock. Info will be going out to our Patreon supporters. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Bye, Bye Stephanie. Stephanie. Bye, guys.